Welcome back. Part two, episode five, the whole hard truth on Lamena DNVR podcast. Thank you for joining. Really appreciate y'all being here. Now, where we left you was David and I uh, having a conversation and and um, he was talking about we were talking about, I should say, um, all things black. I think that seems fair. Um, and if you'll remember, uh, there was a friend of his who who saw herself as being different than uh, than other black girls, quote unquote. You know, these internal issues are worth talking about in this forum, in all forums, because um, at a certain point in time, you know, I think we're all beholden to uh, our better angels. And the only way that we can get to those uh, and let them see light is if we entertain our, our, our worst demons. So let's keep this conversation rolling. David King Sr., Orrin Lamena, The Whole Hard Truth, Episode 5. Ooh. All these that you're hearing right now, by the way, are... Uh, Avenue Dave specials. Let's get back to the conversation. I'm not like every other black girl. How? Tell me the ways that you're not. Just like saying, I'm, I'm a nigga on the uh, who plays for like I'm not like every other uh, Lakers. Right. But you're playing for Lakers. You're a fucking Lakers. I only got the same jersey number. Y'all have different positions on the team, but are you a Laker or are you not? Or you know, I bet you when y'all motherfuckers won that championship, you was like the rest of the Lakers. Oh, nigga, you had oh, a great you, you was grabbing your jersey right around the L and the F. You know what I'm saying? Holding that part up, remember? You know what I'm saying? You, I bet you was like the Lakers then. You know, so it's like, what does that mean? Why do we? Why are we so repulsed and hardwired to be repulsed to be? You know, I used to have this thing. Um, when I went to, um, when I was in like AP classes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time there was a girl who, she's a noob student and she came from Chicago and she was, um, you know, me and my friends party ways when it's time to go to class. I'm like, I ain't, I'm not in class with y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I am your partner and shit, but it's like, I just, I, I, I tested into higher classes. That was just, simple as that and so um this girl came in and she was kind of loud and shit um just you know at this time I was I was thinking like oh she's ignorant but really what it was she was not self-conscious you know and she was a little more outward with her you know, with her shit, with her, with her spirit and her energy and her, who she was. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, it's, you know, it's that thing where, you know, you feel like you're the way in the image of every black person when you step into a room, when you step into white spaces, you know what you I'm saying? You are the representative of all black people. You have to be. And, and it's like, she used to embarrass me. And without saying anything, Without doing anything, I would disassociate myself with her. Absolutely. Not talking to her at all. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Brick wall. Ask me for uh, help 
with um, we was in uh, physics, and she had asked me if I knew. We were, we were talking about like uh, I think we were talking about centrifugal force or something like that, mm-hmm. and um, she was asking if I had caught whatever this nigga was did, and so um, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, now mind you, I'm thinking when I go home, my conditions is more nigger than anybody in this motherfucking. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going home to some nigga shit. But for some reason, when I'm in here, around these motherfuckers, you know, I act like I don't relate to this woman, to this girl. Well, look, I mean, like, look, 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 look how you look, look for a second how you approach it. Your crime, your chronological order went. I kept in the higher classes, but that's mm-hmm. what that's a being. You know what I'm saying? Like, not, yeah, a part of the ego. Like, nigga, yeah, I tested in the higher classes. I'm smart. I got my shit straight. You know what I'm saying? I know what these. I know. I know how these bars. And so that's a, that 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 in and of itself is a reflection, I think, of the same thing that you're talking about when you say we we have to we have to present in in white spaces at equal. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, well, equal is when I walk into a room. Do you have two arms? I got two arms. Okay, you got two legs. I got you know because past yeah. what you see, you don't know anything about me until we start conversing. That's number one. And two, book smart, book smart is something that you could know for sure then you could have intuition that's something you could know you know knowing people that's that's a you know what i'm saying so there's different levels of knowledge right there's different access points to you know it's not going to be what comes out of my mouth that that textbook said that's going to prove to you that i'm a smart person that's how you was talking about you know you don't have to be like to be a lawyer you have to learn how to speak latin for sure you got to know the language enough to at least be up here with the rest of these niggas you know what i'm saying but that doesn't make you smart it doesn't make you a great lawyer or you're a great trial attorney are you, right. you know, I mean, a great researcher, you know what I'm saying? Like, is your mind a steel trap? Can you hold information better than anybody else? So it's like, you know, that that competition, it's funny that you that you depict it like that because it's like she comes into the class because I'm like that, bro. Like, honestly, I'm automatically turned off by overtly mm-hmm. just, you know what I mean? And that's across all spectrums. If it's LGBTQ, like, I don't care what you do in your bedroom, but if you're too flamboyant, I'm just like, I, you know, I, yeah, you know, be gay, bro, because I don't want to fuck you anyway. So like, I don't exactly, care. I don't give a fuck about that. But when you come in here and it's, and and that turned up, and but I like how you said, you know, she was just a little more comfortable with who she was. That's that's one way to look at it too, and I think that's the right way, quite honestly, to look at it as opposed that's to that's you know, when I look at it, she was just more comfortable in in her skin, right. You know, I'm not talking in white boy. You know, you know, we all got a white voice. I don't necessarily have one as much as I thought I did. Um, you know, <clears throat> Kate to remind me of that. Like, you don't have a, a professional voice. You're like, oh, I don't sound white. I'm not good at right. sounding white. What does that mean? What is the and I usually try to that. Like, I'm glad I don't. Um, but that, you know, I agree with you, bro. It's the way that's how we should look at it, motherfucker. Because they don't change their shit. They don't change their shit when they get around us. No, at all. <laughs> they might they might throw brother bro in there and they go shit. Yeah, I, I knew a couple brothers. Uh, right. Did you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> they had the same mom. Right. You know. <laughs> My nigga. So, um, and 
and that and that was and that's and that was the thing too. Me disassociating myself with her by just not talking to her, not going out of my way to disassociate, but just like not making a at all. You know what I'm saying? Like a connection with her at all. And you know, if I felt like she was embarrassing herself or embarrassing me, you know, like not even having the the um, the intention of like protecting her. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So that's where I think about that shit. Like, you know, I've been a part of that shit, too. You know, I still am, you know. I think we all are. I think, for, I think like, so hold up. Um, how was that? Because I know that it, it was relating to the, uh, um, how do we get there? Um, I don't know, but that's so fascinating. I think it's in general, when we when we started there, I know we were talking about like unrealistic expectations of football or whatnot, whatever. And I think it, it really does come down to that centralized point of uh, the black experience being so different that it plays itself out in that yeah. relationship differently than any other dysfunction that plays itself out in the relationship. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. Black women have to, to be with a black woman, a black man, right? Black women have to kind of accept different terms of agreement. Uh, Term agreement, right? Um, potentially, and, and, and mind you, man, these are the, the caricature, right? These are the, the, the black people, the niggas you see on the news, and niggas you see on your on your news feed. But not, not, I'm gonna say this: it's ever more. Um, the, the trappers, the finessers, the scammers, the uh-huh, uh-huh. it's ever more now. Uh-huh. I Everybody. don't want to fall into that and accept that stereotype. That I promise you. Are. I promise you. No, I can't but do it. Now. Black women have to accept the different terms of remix to be with a black man. Right. Um. And and uh and vice versa. Vice versa. Sure. sure. So, hold on. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What are those? I say this, what are those things that make? So you're saying like, like from the from the from the male from the female to the from the black woman to the black male perspective, it would be, you know, when you bring up the scammers. I'm talking about everything that I see, and, and I refuse to accept that that's the because I'm like, God damn, yeah. shit, shit. <laughs> like you ain't gonna right. be able to save all these niggas. Some of these niggas is just gonna have to be fooled. But um, that generational sort of overall persona that is easily adopted is that look persona. What are those same things from the black male to the black female's perspective? Like what would be the, the like the, the, the inflated um, right exactly stereotypes exactly uh, you know super aggressive um, like. You know, independent, right? <laughs> Birthday bag. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, man hating. Um, okay, for sure. Um, multiple children's fathers. Yep. Okay. Uh, and vice versa. I'm, we talking about this though. Um. Here's another thing, and this isn't even what, what black women do. It's another thing of like black men, like 
um, it doesn't seem like black men are attracted to black women, like on a kind of on a commercial level. Yeah, because we're always talking about foreign, foreign. You know what I'm saying? It's all foreign. It's like it's always like on a commercial level. It's like you know we like we we attain to like find something more exotic. I mean, how more exotic could you be than a black woman? That's the most exotic motherfucker on earth other than... I mean, the most exotic motherfuckers on earth are also black. Yeah. There's a conundrum. Like, they're black, too. Aboriginal, they're black. The deepest jungles in the Philippines, they're black. Naita people. You know, like, we're talking about for real actual exotic, not Puerto Rican, and then they're black, too. Real porn. She was exotic. Where is she from? Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Oh, so she's American. <laughs> she's exotic. She's real porn. So, porn. <laughs> so, um, and there's that. You know what I'm saying? And then there's also these, these things of. Um, these requirements, these, this protocol that we kind of check off with black women, that they have is more European esque traits that are more attractive. Um, just, okay. You know, you know, long, uh, long, 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 luxurious hair. I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of it too. However, I do not seek out women like, now look, metrics. Symmetry is everything to me. You can have short hair, you can have longer. If you are beautiful, you're beautiful to me. You know what I'm saying? And everybody's like, oh, you only, you only like light skin. No, that's because the, the loudest motherfucker I was with was a light skin, curly head bitch. <laughs> this nigga's wild. It's the same sentiment of, you know, Muslims are terrorists. Like, no. I mean, are you not going to pay attention to a motherfucker with a bomb? He's going to kick up the most. Now, Islam is the second um, highest um, populated um, fucking religion. But in the world, millions of people that are Muslims, you can get a, a cold thousand over the years that have done some major shit, and them niggas is gonna take the cake. They gonna be the they gonna be the poster child for Islam. I mean, that's you, that's that's, you, that's, that's how, how with us in community. In general, is that you take the most dynamic and you say this is the poster child. You know what I mean on on whatever, especially when it comes to discrimination. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like the depiction of the a Mexican coyote or the cholo gangster. Like yeah, okay, sure, for sure. And then there's also I even asked Kiana too. Huh? Your type. I even asked Kiana too. Your type is light skin. I said, bitch, you telling me that while I'm with you, I'm with you, right. and you're telling me my type is, you know. This, that, and the other, right? And you, my type to you is something that you don't look anything like. And I've never been more sexually attracted to a woman than Kiana. And you know, it, it's just like we um we subscribe to the 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 European beauty. Um, you know, I remember one time Kay was telling me. I forgot who it was. It was a white woman, a white actress. She's, like, she's so beautiful. Her skin is like porcelain. I'm like, oh, shit. Did you just say that? <laughs> oh, shit. Miss motherfucking Angela Davis. 
piece of her skin's like porcelain. So she looks like a corpse. Okay, so wait, are you saying that beautiful can't be porcelain? I'm saying that it's beauty, not porcelain. I would challenge that, but at the same time, you know, and that has nothing to do with my proclivities. I did get her skin looks like porcelain. She's beautiful. No. You said what now? I'm saying because someone's skin looks like porcelain does not make them beautiful. No, not because, but as a part of them being beautiful, you know, their skin just happens to be porcelain. You see what I'm saying? The difference between the two is literally how you look at it because you can't. But it's bad that you be the seller, though. Well, right. Okay. I guess that's, ca- I mean, <laughs> because they're like a corpse. Uh, to say that at all, you know, I mean, it's just a descriptor. I, I, it, it was more celebratory of her wife, of her, of your, of European. You were there and you would know how it was said. So I, I, I fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? I, you know what I mean? In context, in context, that, that context is everything. So in context, I can see where it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like that was, that was her reason for, oh, she's so beautiful. Cause it, you know what I mean? Her skin's like porcelain. <laughs> I'm like, what? Ugh. Well, don't ever, what? You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> I don't think a black woman could ever say that. You're hilarious. I, I don't know, man. No, I, listen, listen. The, the point is, to me is failure, and I'm serious when I say that because um, I think the very I think it all plays. What I'm hearing, and I, just keeping it, what I'm hearing is a book that would be great, like as a guide to black men, because. Yeah. It's also important to talk about what you know. Yeah. Because my experience is genuine. That's what I'm like. Even that, yeah. in that example, my experience is genuine. You can't, you, the one thing no one can refute is my experience. <laughs> like, right. you're not, not going to tell me what I know. Now, you can tell me what's in a book and all the other things, but you're not going to tell me what I know as experience. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so you, it, that's how you become a specialist because you speak from your experience. Like, you know. <laughs> You know, I mean, you talk about what I'm talking about. What I know, I'm not talking about what I think for what I think. I'm talking about what I know. And so right. when I hear you, like I, I can hear so much. When I'm listening to this, I hear so much that would be applicable to a man's experience. One, right. more than anything, yes. a black man's experience. One a, um, no, flip flop that. A black man's experience, a man's experience, and then, a, you know, how that filters into the father that you are, how that filters it. And from that perspective, you know, there's a lot of fucking concrete, solid-ass truths there. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, that would, like you know what I mean? Uh, be instrumental to <clears throat> young black men. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Like very experiential and very instrumental because that's who, you know, ethereally, its job it is to save the family. It's the young black man. If you put it on, it's all of our job. But it's the young black. Like if we are in disrepair, men have to step up to be a large part of the fix. Yes. If we that we is black people, then black men, young black men 
are going to need to look at the world way differently in order to be a part of that. I don't understand for real. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's nothing like being celebrated. You know what I mean? And there's an all full-on campaign right now against black men. Bro, bro, like, from all sides, from all angles. You know what I mean? And what's, what's crazy is that we've talked about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you know, the relationship part is in it. And that's not it's not ancillary, you know what I mean. It is very key, but it is a end up. It, it's a byproduct. Successful relationships are a byproduct of successful men. Is what it comes yeah. down to. And I mean, because <clears throat> even if you know what I mean, like I'm listening to this book and it's like the superior man. It's called the superior man. And it, right. He goes out of his way. I love how he wrote it because he goes out of his way in the beginning to say, "I know that there are all these different depictions of men." Listen, motherfuckers, I'm talking about to these specific ones. Yeah. The rest of y'all that want to be offended, move out the way. This ain't yeah. for you. Yeah. Hit the ground. Hit the, you know what I mean? This is for them. Because they need to be spoken to, too. You know what I mean? And, you motherfuckers, if the way he goes through it, it's like all of y'all benefit from a masculine male. Yeah. yeah. So stop kicking him around. Stop yeah. kicking him around. Yeah. Yeah. Because... So the woman that wants to be taken care of and she's sliding and she needs the type of man that will, you know, understand that. And then it's like, well, he's got to then be malleable to be you. And then for the right. woman that's strong and wants a man that's like, you, you, you want a nigga to pursue you. You want a nigga to pursue you. Right. you, But you want to be equal, not on humanity. Because right. they don't, because it's like, we're no one saying that you're not an equal human. Right. What we're saying is we're not the same. We play different roles. <laughs> Come on, man. That's it. We're not the same. And that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a very good thing. Very beneficial. The earth needs balance. The earth can't spin unless it's balanced. For sure. For sure. And you know the math. <laughs> you know so the The whole point of fucking gravity or everything will be all over the fucking, all over the place. Right, just a piff of a piff of death. No recognition, just a big amorphous globule of being. That's not no one wants that. <laughs> hey, what? I don't even like boneless chicken. You feel me? This thing is wild. You feel me? Like, come on. We're just gonna... This thing is wild. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh shit, nigga. <laughs> this thing is wild. <laughs> say this. I want to say this. This book can be taken to be about race, but it's not about race. It's just about my. For sure. I probably need to be black. So my For interest sure. invested in the, you know, the progress of black love. And, and black, healthy black people. That's it. You know? This isn't. Uh, Black nationalism. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not even a real thing. Berets, berets uh, back to the side. Uh, lots of kale. <laughs> lots yeah, of kale. You know what I'm saying? It's just that I don't want to say, I don't want to say that um, black people are the only people who have, um, who have been through any adversity or have any long-lasting um effects of any type of oppression from any oppressive group, which is white people usually always. 
Um, sure. I, you know, black people are not the only recipients of oppression by from white people. But in America, I can only speak as an American black man. And in my experience, I've seen this shit time and time again. Sure. Time and time again, have I seen my own? Even though I got, you know, I'm we, I am a different person than my counterparts, but I am the same person as them. For sure. You could grow weed in a room all in the same condition, but every plant is going to come out yielding a different weight. For sure. Individual. Higher, closer to the light. You know what I'm saying? Um, some plants do spider mites. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you're never going to turn out the same because, you know, you're just not the same person. You know, so, um, I just want to make that shit clear, like in the beginning of the book. Like, I am not saying anything against anybody else. So, um, please check the fuck out if that's where right. you're at. Right. right. My testament to this is not me denying anybody else of any other plight. Exactly. Which is so crazy that you have. I mean, I don't know if you're. You, you know, it's all I matter. It's that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they do, but I mean, fuck. I'm not talking all lives, nigga. I'm it's not. Right I'm black lives don't matter. Right. I'm not Doctor Strange, bro. I'm not talking to a million different people all at once. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> stop trying to include yourself in conversations that ain't about you, ain't for you. It's okay. We ain't over here conspiring yet. <laughs> the struggle, struggle hasn't been. You, capitalizing on struggle hasn't been anything you've done before. So please, the fuck off that shit. All right, for sure. You y'all struggle hasn't benefited. You, y'all, you have already benefited from your whatever struggle that your people have gone through. You've right. Already, so please hop off of ours. Damn, motherfucker can't be in pain in peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's real though. Look um, all over there. Y'all over there hurting. No, I'm yeah. Over, y'all over there hurting. We, we're hurting too. We're hurting as well. Put y'all over there struggling. We struggle too. And then Paul Money said, motherfucker, nigga can't have a headache. Motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Round of applause for my man, David King, senior. You know, I love you, bro. Hey, man, we just gonna keep this thing going. Uh, shout out to my people to whom there are no equal. Uh, without further ado, let's kick it over to the sequel. <laughs> yeah, poet, and I do know it. Hey, man, uh, this next conversation is just some fun, man. The type of people that I know, I want you to get to know. This is uh, my brother, uh, William uh, Billum. He hails from uh, the great state of Tennessee, but currently resides in uh, somewhere in California, in Southern California, Reseda or something like that. Um William's one of my favorite people on the face of the planet. Uh, and this is just me and him catching up, but uh, you'll see why he's one of my favorite people on the planet. Without further ado, I give you Bill from Reseda. My bad. You there, Doug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, last year, last year, um, this time, well, Thanksgiving, I went to Maryland. And then yeah. I went to art, and then I went to Basel in Miami with Casey and all of them. And when I got back, 
So that would have been, you know, sometime after the 8th. So it was like I got back on like the 11th of December. And I got, you know, like not deathly, but, you know, I got flu ill. You know what I'm saying? Like how it will happen like when you travel on a plane. And I think that was it. And it lasted like seven, eight days. You know what I mean? And then it was over. Yeah. So I think I, I – but I don't have any proof of that. I haven't been tested. And I won't submit myself to testing because I just think that's some weird cataloging shit. You know what I mean? I'm already in their database from this 23andMe type shit. So um, – I would just say in general, I would say in general, most of the people that I know that say they've had it, I don't know anybody who's tested positive for it. And for the people that I know tested positive for it, I haven't seen any of them really sick. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure, and I feel safe saying that uh, that uh, Casey and his girl tested. Because, you know, he told me. And then there was this kid out here, uh, I don't know if you know him, Lorenzo, he tested positive. He put it on there, but I don't think he got sick. Sick, but I, I would have to know. But you know what I mean. So it's just like, in general, I just feel like it's it's extreme if you make it extreme. You know what I mean. And otherwise, it seems pretty right. I agree. Flu, with you. flu, flu like. You know what I mean. But <clears throat> so your people, your people in Memphis is good though, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it. It seems like it. Uh. And it'll be nice to see him around Christmas time. I gotta figure that out when they fly back over there. Are you gonna take the lady with you? Uh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not for Decided. any reason. I just don't I don't even think that's necessarily really in the card. I don't know. I was sort of thinking about it actually today. Probably not, to answer your question, probably not, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Or are you having fun? Are you going? Are you going to the beach, William? Um, I've gone like once in the past couple of months. Why the hell would you do that? You're in sunny California. Go to the I beach. Know, I did some when I was in Northern California. Have you ever been to Northern California? I love the Bay. I just came back from. Well, not just, but I helped my friend Stefan move out to Oakland. I love the Bay. I don't like San Francisco as much as I like Oakland. Um, but I love the, yeah, the water out there, there, too. Huh? I said, we drove through here driving up to Eureka. Eureka Springs? <laughs> Eureka, California. Oh. Where's Eureka Springs in Arkansas? You're the one I did. didn't you say Eureka Springs? I think it is in Arkansas. Wait, is that I you? I did, that? yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Eureka Springs. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> Eureka was cool. I was surprised there were still a bunch of homeless people up there. In Eureka? Sort of Yeah, I saw a bunch of homeless people. It seems like it's I think I read it's around 50 to 60, like, every day of the year. I think it just stays in that little temperature range, like, throughout the entire year. Oh, so it's like year-long, it's like all-year camping. Correct, yeah. Yeah, dude. That's, I mean, living off the grid, you know what I mean? Not worried about nothing and people just leave you be. You don't have to post up in front of an iPhone store. Just living right, outside right. in Eureka, I'd do that. Just check out, dude. Sometimes you just got to check it's the cool up fuck it's out. cool seeing all the big trees. I've never seen those big trees before. You guys don't have big trees in this? I have never been. Not like the redwood trees or whatever. 
Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, they got huge were, forests up there, northern California. Yeah, it was beautiful. I'd never seen anything like like it. It was cool. Yeah, that's God's country, bro. Like, everything was, in California everything in California is big and pristine. You know what I'm saying? Like, dope. I love yeah, that place. Yeah, it totally was up there. It was cool. I but now it's, about, now it's about to be fucking Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome with Gavin Newsom calling the shots. That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? That's your that's your governor now, bro. You're a Californian, and your governor is Mad Max calling the shot. Thunderdome. It's really wild, bro. Eureka was somehow not as bad as L.A. County because I was I was thinking I was at a super spreader event for my fucking show because once you're in the bar, <laughs> nobody had a mask on, and it was all really close quarters. And I was just like, oh, shit. Somebody's going to get everybody sick. <laughs> but I think it was totally fine, obviously. But, yeah, the the law or the uh, restrictions were a lot different up there. But now, apparently, they're restricted again, somebody was telling me. Yeah, everywhere is restricted right now. It's all one big fucking restriction. Wait, so where do you live again? In Denver? I live on the north side, bro. North Daniels. The north side. Okay, let me see. You don't really have context because you were always on. Wait, where did you live when you were out here? I was on off of Broadway at the very beginning, and then in uh, Five Points, pretty much the whole time, and then Sunnyside. Okay, so this is uh, north of Sunnyside and west of of Five Points. So I I seventy that where Keebler, if you remember where Keebler was, I live in that section that's over there, the north side. How do you what are you just living <laughs> with yourself or you live with other people? Who are you living with? Be it yourself or with some other folks? No, it's just me and Heather. Nice, how's that going? I think I mean it's going I mean generally it's it's going well. It's going really good. I don't know. Is that yeah. your girlfriend? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do those. What did you say, Heather? Yeah. I never met Heather, did I? No, I don't think so. You weren't here by the time she used to work at Ophelia's. I mean, she's 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 one of the block she's one of the blockians. But you were gone. You've been long. You've been long gone for a while now. Buddy. It's been almost three years in February. That's weird to think. I've now been here longer than I was in Denver, and I was in Denver two and a half years. Remember when you moved Compton. in? Remember when you Compton. moved to California? Bye, bye. Remember when you moved to California and you moved to Compton with a bunch of strippers? Yeah. Right at the very beginning, I totally remember. <laughs> and I was hanging out with you and Billy. Do you ever talk to Billy? Yeah, I talk to Thrill. I see him a lot. He's down the, uh, like, he's doing his, like, style company, you know what I mean? He's got that Billy's Goat fucking shit flying, bro, CBD products, man. He's doing good, you know what I mean? And I've then seen, he's like, yeah, is he doing good? Yeah, man. Nice, that's you know, good. That's what he does. He's a healer, bro. Like, he's a healer, like, for real. It's crazy. The shit works, man. I got some right here in front of me right now. Like, it, the shit works, bro. He's like, Can you put it on your skin? No, when you put it up your yeah, <laughs> put it on your skin, moron. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't eat it. I mean, no, you don't like eat it. Eat. I mean, I guess you could eat it. I don't think it would harm you. It's all natural oils. You probably shouldn't digest natural oils as a habit, but I don't think it would. Yeah, yeah. it's all natural stuff, bud. 
Well, Why do you want to cool. eat? You want to order a jar from your buddy and then eat it? Tell him how it tastes on toast? On toast? Maybe. You could spread it on your toast. Maybe. <laughs> Wait, so what's your girl for? What's she doing? Is she working? No, she was a uh, she's a bartender. She's been able to do like you, you know what I mean? The industry out here shut down, so she's she's been able to lay back, you know what I mean? And, well, you know, that's when you can start figuring it out and shit. But I don't have a girlfriend anymore, and I told you that. She's my friend. Her name is Heather. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Wait, so why didn't you get on unemployment stuff? Because you've all like, sort of been an independent contractor type person? I work, yeah, independently. But I applied for PUA shit. Fuck that. What do you mean? They put it out there, you get it. Like, you know what I mean? I just can't, I can't follow the person because I'm not a W into it. I own my own business. So you have to go in through a different portal. But yeah, please leave my thoughts for that shit. Are you kidding me? I'm not a moron. I'm not a moron. I'm not a fucking moron. <laughs> uh, do you ever see Casey and them? They're, they're, that restaurant's gone now, isn't it? Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. It's hit hard out here, bro. And I think that they were ready to go. You know what I mean? In that regard, I think it was, I see Casey a lot. He's working with uh, Fa'al, my buddy Fa'al, at, this, at their art gallery at Ela. So, you know what I mean? He he fell into something I think that's a little more manageable for him. But, yeah, man, it hit the ball off the bottom. Menlark's closed, gone. Where's the place across the street? Is that still open? I know it's not cold crush anymore, is it? No, dude, it's a fucking boat shoes and, <laughs> and like, J. Crew shorts place now. Imagine that. Is it popular? Huh? Is it popular? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Do a lot of people go in there? I guess that's hard to know. Yeah, no, I don't hang there, so I don't know. Is it popular? That used to be the area to hang out. <laughs> Is it popular, he says? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, what are you going to... So, listen, what are you going to... Who, who's going to win? Do you, who do you think is going to win? Um, I think Trump does. I really yeah. am not basing that off of anything other than that's what my dad said. He thinks Trump might win. That's the only thing I'm basing it off of. Because the news websites I go to, it sounds like everybody's saying Biden, aren't they? Yeah, but that's the same thing they said in 2016. You know, they're trying to, it's the same game. Well, I won't call it a game, but some would say that, you know what I mean, it's a, you know, you put out an air of positivity even if you're getting your head kicked in, and then hopefully you sway public opinion to be like, oh, they seem generally positive about that. Yeah, I'll go that way. And then, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't go the way that you thought it would. So, I don't know, man. I hear Biden, I hear Biden from the news all the time, too. But from what I'm seeing, you know, it seems like uh, it seems like the big orange, big orange menace, you know, has a pretty strong coalition behind him and it's multicultural which nobody expected you know what i mean um yeah it's got a lot of it's interesting to be living in this time right now bro because you know we've never seen anything i mean i don't think america truly like you could say d-day what else black monday you know the, the stock market crash in 1920 like we've had, you know, of course, big shit, the Vietnam War, but that wasn't happening in America. Twin Towers, you know, nine right. eleven. But I don't think we've ever seen anything like 
like this. <laughs> I hear like, you. I think you're right. It's like the Civil War, bud. It's like the Civil War. You know what I mean? I hear you. Like Americans looking at each other and like ready to split shit up. You know what I mean? Mom and dad are breaking up, bro. That's what it feels like. It feels like mom and dad. <laughs> Don't break up, mom and dad. I hate when mom and dad fight. <laughs> No, I hear you. It totally seems weird. I sort of don't follow the shit too much, but that's what all it seems like. I agree. Well, that's generally good for you, bud. That's generally good, I think. Yeah, that's probably not bad, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, again, I don't know. I don't know why I said that. Are you going to drink beers in the car? I'm on my second beer right now. I'm drinking it. I, hey, I'm having a glass. I'm having a, a nice hot uh, cup of tea. So cheers to that. Look at that. Oh, nice. That sounds good. Yeah, I'm drinking a some brand called Belching Beaver. <laughs> some Indian so Pale Ale. What is uh, it? It's an IPA. It's actually pretty. The Deftones make it. Oh, uh, I fuck with it off top. I just don't drink beer anymore. I drink tequila exclusively now. Oh, right. I remember you enjoyed tequila, yeah. Yeah, we had some. That was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was... It was <laughs> the answer would be like an auntie for it. This thing said, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the answer would be like a mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did you watch the Borat movie? I haven't watched it yet, but that part with Giuliani was hilarious. But I think they... I Huh? Yeah, that's crazy. It doesn't look very good. Yeah, but I think they really, so from what I, okay, I think, I just want to watch it for myself. And I've just seen, but I don't think there's any more to see than what they've shown. And I think what you're watching. There's not, there's not. It, I, I think what you're watching is him trying to take the mic out of his pants. I know. That's what he says, and that's totally the best thing to say, and that's probably true. It still just sort of looks a little It looks. Crazy! It looks insane. Like he passed her on her. Remember when he passed her all creepily? And he's like, "No, no, no! You can sit down right here." <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. Just like, no he's like, what? She wants it, but I, I think he was really trying to take the mic off. But this is the wrong time to be slipping like that, bro. You can't get caught slipping it's, in the streets. It really is, isn't it? Now would be the worst time for something to happen like that. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Trump probably had to take a high blood pressure pill. That's the last. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, another, another creepy old white man raping a girl on tape. Yeah, I hear what do you. Ya. What do you think right. about Hunter Biden's laptop? Yeah, well, he's just sort of a big party animal, drug guy, prostitute guy, isn't he? Sounds a lot like George W. Bush Jr. <laughs> right. You're probably correct, yeah. No, that's a big uh, thing. I like that. To be honest. I think Jr. at the end of the day was just a guy who wanted to be the commissioner of baseball and he ended up, or own the Texas Rangers and he ended up president of the United States. Right. I know. That's funny. Yeah, it. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily Biden's fault that he had some crazy son, but I think it's something that the Republican people can play off. And what they've got money from like Ukraine and shit. Oh yeah, he's getting 
from business dealings over there. And you and you can't talk about it on you can't talk about it on the internet anymore. Now you can't even bring it up. People are like, if you bring it up, they'll censor you, William. So don't say it on any of your. Papers. See, that seems fucked up. Yeah, that seems all fucked up. It's, it's weird. Biden just seems like a total character. Just some total old guy character. I mean, they're both characters, but Biden, I don't know, man. He, ugh, I don't know. Seems like a total character. What do you? What does that mean? He's like a total character. <laughs> I don't He's know. He's a rascal. This is William. This is your assessment. He's a real rascal. <laughs> He's a total character. He does. Have you ever seen the videos of him sniffing girls' hair? Yeah, Biden. Yeah. Yeah, he's creeping, trying to kiss the people and stuff, like the girls and stuff. Yes, I have. Pretty weird. It's pretty weird. It's weird as shit. Do you think he's delicious <laughs> or that he's just a weirdo? <laughs> I'll tell you, bro. He's the uncle at the family reunion that everybody at one point in time starts looking for the kids. Like, where are the kids? Y'all don't leave him with your Uncle Joe. He's that guy. Yeah, I believe you. I know. I don't know if it's necessarily malicious or something. It's just weird as shit. Do you ever have an uncle that sniffed you like that? <laughs> that inhaled your essence like you wanted to devour? No. <laughs> Luckily yeah. not. Did you? God, no. No, William, no. I didn't. I think I'd be a yeah, far different... Yeah, neither did I. I think I'd be a far different adult. if that. Uh, yeah, that, that might mess you up a little bit. I agree. Yeah, it'll probably, it'll probably fuck up the old brain box a little bit. You know what I mean? You got to do some repressing, some serious repressing of some... Memory, you know what I mean? Lock that away in, in the box, in the old box, and don't open it up. <laughs> right. I agree. You're probably not wrong. Daddy, no! Because I care. <sighs> what's, the, what's it like there today? Outside? It was nice, bro. It was like 60, 66. It was nice. I fucking, oh, I mean, nice. I didn't even go outside today, to be honest with you. I haven't been outside today, William. What have you been doing? Just chilling inside? Yeah, just a lot of, you know, a little deep thinking and, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of deep thinking, you know, just contemplating, took a shower. Um, nice. Smoked some It was marijuana. fun when we were doing the podcast stuff at you and Billy's place. That was fun. We did that several times, didn't we? Yeah, but we never made anything of it, and I always feel bad about that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push for it. I, I mean, the the platform I got going, bro, is pretty cool. I talk about what the fuck I want. I get, you know, paid for it. You know what I mean? The I know. I see you doing stuff on your Instagram, whatever. Yeah, you, Bubba. Did you just call me Bubba. No, did it tell? I get. What did I say? It said, I, I heard Instagram, and then you were like, I thought you were smoking a cigarette. I was lighting a cigarette off. Oh. I don't know what I did. I'm smoking I'm smoking a Merrill pin. How about that? Oh, are you? Mm-hmm. Nice. How much do you have to pay for it out there? What is? How, where are the prices? For weed? Yeah. I mean, it depends. What do you mean? Just in general? <laughs> in, yeah. In William? <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> this this cartridge that I bought though was uh I think it was forty five for the cartridge in the pen. It's an eighth. I mean it's dope. It's good shit. You know what I mean? But you can go all the way up higher, I guess, William. You can buy whatever you want. The sky's the limit. The world's your oyster. 
fucking smoke if you got them. You don't go to dispensaries out there? Why don't you smoke weed? You should smoke more. I, uh, no, I do sub. I, uh, there's some delivery service. My old roommate who had to move back to Boston recently, he was a giant weed person, and he introduced me to these people. Or not people, it's a company, but where I got, you know, getting like an ounce and a half for probably... 150 bucks of some good stuff and they delivered it so that was pretty cool sure and then when i went to eureka i got probably over an ounce of weed from people bringing it to me which is really nice of them uh from probably five people brought me weed and it was probably ended up being over an ounce so i have a pretty good stockpile right this second since i don't smoke a lot but my girlfriend does so she's honestly smoked most of the stuff well that's good i mean sharing yeah i don't think it's you don't, do you like, do you not like, do you like, not like smoking weed or do you like smoking weed? No, I totally do. I've been, uh, there's some guy at Kill Tony, everybody, who runs a place called Speedweed and he always brings us edibles. So I've actually been a decent amount of edibles recently. No, I like it. I just, I was getting to a point where it would get me paranoid if I wasn't drinking a decent amount on it. If I was just smoking, it would just get me paranoid for some reason. Um, yeah, that does that, that does that to people. The weed, can but I generally it. like it, and I've enjoyed taking the edibles. Not too much though. Just like yeah, I, love, I, take, I I like you know uh, microdose psilocybin is you know is I now I don't swear by it, but I recommend it. I used to be real, I used to be real standoffish with anything other than weed and beer, to be honest with you, and cigarettes, and then it's like. You know, once I started, like, tequila was a good switch over for me because beer just doesn't do anymore. But weed, like, I'm learning more now. Like, I, I'd rather be high than drink. I know that. Um, well, that's probably health, much healthier. I mean, it's, as long as you're taking it in and it's not as, carcinog- as carcinogenic as it could be, if I could just smoke blunt after blunt or some shit like that. So I smoke vapes. But, you know, there's always questions as to what vapor does to your lungs. But at the same time, I feel good about it. I like edibles a lot. And I do like psilocybin. I mean, William, I'm telling you, bro, you should, you should uh, eat some mushrooms, bro. It's, it's really oh like. Oh my god, this guy gave me some like really good ones. I can't remember what they're called, but it's the real skinny kind. Uh huh. More potent than the regular kind. I can't remember the name, but I've. Uh... Yeah, Did for two it? nights last week, I was trying to microdose because I was scared of them because the guy was telling me how powerful they were. So I was just eating like five little-ass mushrooms, but next time I do it, I need to eat more of them because nothing really happens. But I felt something. <laughs> I think a lot of people say that because I'm like, that. I don't ever want to... Here's what I've noticed about psilocybin. Everything that I thought about it is not true because I think I have at least gone far enough. Like, I've never eaten, like, a whole quarter to myself. You know what I'm saying? So I'll, I'll say that. But, you know, I'm... Have you ever I, eaten eight? No, not an eighth. I've never eaten, you know, you take a cap and a spin, you take two or three, you know what I mean? You don't. So I've never taken a handful of this. But from what I've noticed, it's like in moderation, it's it's the same but different than being high on cannabis. You know what I mean? And I like that. I had a different picture. I thought you would eat it and then the wall would open up and, you know, Barney pops out or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's how people right. talk about it. And then they're like, these are real potent. And I'm like, maybe you just, or maybe it's a different experience for everybody. But I think, like, it's, yeah, always, yeah. Safe. it's always safe to microdose it, though, so you don't just fucking loop yourself out. 
Yeah, I've had horrible trips on them before. <laughs> horrible ones? You have? Oh, yeah. I've had some bad trips before <laughs> on them. What happened? It's, it's been a while. Uh, what happened? What happened? Like, I remember... Come on, this person keeps walking by the car. Uh, I remember one time in college, we fucking ate some, and I had just had a staph infection, so I was on... <laughs> a bunch of antibiotics and I start tripping. I don't know how much I took, but I start tripping after like 20 minutes. So I think something's wrong with me <laughs> and it just turned horrible. And I remember at one point in the trip, the television is we're in just this little dorm room up in Knoxville and the television's on just static. And there's like an eerie light in the room because the sun's going down and like somebody's in and out of the closet Somebody's on the floor, and two people are just staring at the <laughs> static on. And there's a knock on the door, and somebody fucking opens it. And it's some um, religious guy telling us there's a youth group meeting in the basement in like 10 minutes. <laughs> and it just really threw me off for some reason. <laughs> it horrified me for some reason. And that just generally was not a good trip. And then, like, in high school, I remember taking them some. It was always my fault, though. Like, I'd take them at some big-ass house party, and the cops would come. So it was, like, just a nightmare. Uh, so I think a lot of that, why I've had bad times, is because I've put myself in stupid situations. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been different if I was just hanging out with a friend or two in some comfortable environment. Right. Uh, but yeah, for a while last year, Erica has this really good uh, liquid LSD. So there was like a time last year for probably four months we were doing it once a week. Well, uh, I mean, you know what? I know people who microdose LSD, I mean, acid constantly. And it's like the one time that I've done it, we had a blast. It was in my end. We had a blast. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, this is nothing like what I what I pictured. You know what I mean? But I always, I always also... I'm very measured about. I don't just jump into something and just throw it down my throat. You know what I'm saying? I like right. That's what they get to get mad. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. They can be pretty good. <laughs> go pretty bad when you just don't do things in moderation. Yeah, they can go pretty bad pretty quick. And you don't want to be in right Miami when that happens. On high the first time on acid and it goes pretty bad. You know what I mean? I want. But we rode on top of a big roach mobile. It was fucking amazing. It was tight. You know what I mean? It was. It was. That's like, fun. You know what I mean? That's fine. I fucking love you, William. <laughs> <laughs> that That's fine. Uh, That's fine. Yeah, I yeah. enjoy that stuff. We haven't we haven't done that acid in a long time. Though. Last time we did it, we got in some fucking fight, and it was like hell on earth. It was horrible. Oh, that sounds terrifying. It sounds terrible. Yeah, she let a lot of stuff come to the surface, which I guess it's good it came to the surface, but a lot of resenting me for different reasons. And I was tripping real hard, and it was it was literally nightmarish <laughs> for who knows how many hours. For probably seven hours, it was like a literal nightmare. <laughs> so I haven't done that since then. That left a bad taste in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It really did. It was awful. But... Before that, we did it probably 20 times, and it was fun every time. But then that happened, and it was just like, ah, I'm not going to do this for a while. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, it's just 
I think everything in moderation, bro. It's it's never it's never a lot to. I don't know. Letting go has been good for me. You know what I mean? In certain regards, I think I was too repressed. You know, like not scared, but just apprehensive about letting go and those things. If you let them, they never like them DMT. Have you ever done DMT before? No. Nope. Have you? Yeah, man. I, I hear I that's do, crazy. I want to do it again. Yeah, and it's short-lived, but it, it definitely gets built up by everybody you talk to about it. So it's good to go on your own trip, but it's just like, I think I held back a little bit, but it was intense for what it was. And I want to do it again, and this time not do that. You know what I'm saying? I've been challenging myself in that area, so. Yeah. I did salvia one time, and it was horrible. What is salvia? It was something. I was I was like a junior in high school, and we could buy it at the smoke shop in Memphis. It was like an incense, but it's some plant. I don't know if you can still buy it at stores now. I don't think you can, but it's some like Native Americans used to use, and I smoked it, and I it was the first time I was not like in my body i was somewhere totally else and seeing things that weren't real all around me and it was the scariest thing i've ever done and it lasted for five minutes but it seemed like 30 minutes <laughs> it's <was> horrible <laughs> i literally i smoke it in my buddy's tahoe i remember it was halloween so it's almost halloween it was halloween i don't 15 years ago or something and we smoke it I smoked it first, and the only thing I knew is you hold it in. And I remember getting to about 30 seconds, and then something went wrong. <laughs> and uh, I dropped a little one-hitter in the lighter, and I do my head down. I do my head up, and I was trapped in an infinite number of mirrors, frantically trying to get out of the infinite number of mirrors, and I couldn't. And then I went back down and went back up again, and everything was in 2D. Like I was looking at a picture book, and something cut across my line of vision, and everything started flipping around real fast, like one of those old-timey clocks. And then I went back down and went up again, and everything was blue, and I was falling backwards, and I was grabbing the front of the car, but I was still falling backwards. <laughs> it was like... And then all my brain could think after that was, did that just happen? And then I would tell myself, yes, and I would do this bad, scary laugh. For probably 20 minutes, that's all my brain could think, is did that just happen? <laughs> it was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> Literally, all my brain could think for 20 minutes after was, did that just happen? And then I think, yes, and it was the worst experience I've ever had. And I could legally buy it at a store. It was the weirdest shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was bad. Well, Warren, it's been nice to talk to you, dude. Eric is yeah, back in here. We're about to go to the place, but I've loved talking to you. I'm about to get off. Yeah, man. We'll talk later. Cool. Yeah, let's talk again soon. All right, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I have to keep it quiet as kept. That is probably the world's uh, next. It, I think it's a, an insult to call him Zach Galifianakis. He is a comedic genius. Big shout out to my man, the Big Red Machine, uh, William Montgomery, out there in beautiful uh, Southern California, soaking up the sun. You see where I'm going with this? 
I hope you do. I hope that you can see where this is headed, and I hope that you feel inspired uh, also to participate because fuck it, why not? 415-364-8623. 415-364-8623. Like I told you in the first episode, I mean in the first part, um, that is the asking for a friend line. You want to know about William's uh, salvia trips and, and, and other adventures in the lives of of a, of a up-and-coming comedian shoot a call over there leave me a message we'll put you on the show not like literally put you in the show um you you, you have a a comment about black love uh or or the dysfunction in, in 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 black relationships or just in our relationships as a whole 415-364-8623 they're asking for a friend line you want to get something off your chest and you just don't exactly know what you want to say 415-364-8623 Hit me up, put you in the show. Up next is a conversation um, that I, I hope that is very informative for all y'all. With everything being the way that it is, the election's right around the corner, obviously. Um, you know, a lot of people are on edge. And I asked uh, a friend of mine, an older mentor, a brother to me, Charles Johnson, quarterback, former of the CU Buffs national championship team in the 90s, um, a huge mentor to me, um, a huge influence in my life, got me into sports. Uh, talk radio along with Alfred Williams someone who I owe so much to and I'm so glad that he was able to join me and have a real informative conversation um, that dealt with this very thing that we're all facing the existential threat uh, or stress of uh, the changing of the guard or maybe not so much so I'm not gonna waste no time Uh, I'm just gonna keep it moving a round of applause for my man Charles Johnson CJ Uh, yeah you guys are gonna love this one it's the whole hard truth We back in there. Okay, good. Okay. <clears throat> hey, so um, real quick, I really do appreciate you saying that, bro. And I appreciate having the opportunity to to be back and put my my voice into the arena on a different level. Because, you know, sports, CJ, is like the world that you brought me into, the world that I think that we come out of normally doing this, is so disconnected. But right now, it's never really – I mean, it's been disconnected in terms of the NBA was, was on their Black Lives Matter. Dean, and I, I really have so much respect for LeBron for, for yeah. becoming one of our heroes. You know what I'm yep. saying? He, yep. he went into Muhammad Ali bro, uh, mode, bro. Yeah, and we've, and we've seen um, indications that that's what LeBron was all about, going back to, uh, you know, um, Trayvon no, Martin. And, Trayvon uh, Martin, yeah. Hey, absolutely. No, LeBron is. And so I, I, I'm like you. I, I give mad have mad respect and, and, and uh, admiration even for how LeBron has handled his business. Well, and you know, like Colin Kaepernick comes to mind, but usually I guess my point is that the sports talk world likes its, its space to not be uh, infringed upon by conversations, uh, conversations that aren't sports, you know what I mean, latent. You know what right. I mean? And every once in a while it'll cross over. Every once in a while it'll become pivotal for the sports world to turn its eye to the to the rest of the known universe, but for the most part, because I just, look, I'm four episodes in. I've already gotten one review that said, you know, politics from a sports station? No thanks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Little do they know. <laughs> but but he, here, here's the deal on that point. I, I think 
it's interesting, and I think what's challenging even the sports world, certainly, uh, certainly I think sports broadcasters, and it, and it kind of, it's kind of related to the original, you know, kind of in tongue in cheek, we, you, you kind of talked about Armageddon and you know getting together, but but what's happening in society is so gripping the world that it's the elephant in the room in every room, and so sure. you're right. Historically, we could say, you know, sports, sports talk, that whole sort of ecosystem was our escape hatch from reality. Right. Uh, I, I I see reality banging the door of those those uh, sort of private or or you know sports circles, and and it's 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 rearing its ugly head. It's all, you know, it's it's kind of all encompassing right now, where, you know. Even sports talk figures have to talk about it. Colin Kaepernick, how do you avoid that? COVID, right. you know, playing college football in the middle of a worldwide pandemic is the most asinine, idiotic, hurtful thing that I can think of. Uh, and yet it seems to be just so normal and accepted, and it, it really makes my head explode every day but uh, i'm glad you i'm glad you said that because quite honestly cj i looked at football listen i've done my best with this COVID thing and i i continue to try and expand my understanding you know what i mean because i'm not gonna lie i was in a camp when i first listened to it and they described the symptoms and they talk about the thing and i listened to all the points about the thing i'm like so it's the flu yeah and then they're like no no it's worse and it's like okay fine and you know and i understand where that became a a real split for Americans, right? Fear will do that to you. It'll fuck you right. up. You know what I mean? And That's so right. a lot of people are like, no, this is worse. And so we all take into account, this is worse. For the NFL, for the NBA, for college football, even more to your point, because these are young people, at least in the NFL and the NBA, those are professionals getting paid. Right. On the college level, we, we've been arguing about the, the deal for the collegiate athlete, especially the football player and the basketball player, those high-profile programs that bring in the most money, it's just been inequitable since. And now you put them in harm's way, according to what I'm being told, because what sense does it make playing football during a global pandemic like you alluded to? It's, just, it's ridiculous, bro. There are so many underpinnings of, uh, of what's wrong with society and the challenges that we have in this one issue. It is a microcosm of all the ills that are that are being unearthed right now in society when you talk college football, and I do make I, I do make a distinction between the NFL and NCAA, right? In the NFL, you 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 alluded to it, right? You know they they are paid a salary, but more importantly, they they can collectively bargain. They they right. have a say. They you know you you one may say, well, it's there's no balance in that. That 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 that's true, but at least they can organize and say. Well, if we're going to do this, here are the conditions that you ought to consider. You know, they can, they can, they have a seat at the table. Right. These college, think about it. These college athletes, man, they have zero. First of all, the exploitation started well before COVID. Right. And so it's it it was a it was a tragedy from uh, a, a equity from an equity position well before COVID. COVID just makes it. Completely unbearable through my lens, and I'm saying this makes absolutely no, no sense. sense. Now here, here's where here's where I think it's controversial. 
on, I believe, you know, NCAA obviously complicit. They're, they're the they're the catalyst for this exploitation. The media, I think, also complicit in, in large part because the product feeds uh, feeds interest in the media, right? So sure. it's self-serving. Here's the third, I think, leg of that exploitation pool that pains me to say, but I believe it's true. And that is parents of college mm. Come on now. And I I can't for the life of me, other than the the sort of exploitive hope that this student, this student athlete might hit a jackpot someday. I can't understand why parents haven't in the wake of a worldwide pandemic said, stop. Right. Stop. Everybody stop. What is, and, and, and let's start there with the stop. If we want to proceed with the conversation, why, why aren't parents saying, if we're going to risk this, what's in it for us? Yes. Where is yes. our revenue share? Where are, you know, it, it's just crazy, and I don't get it, man. Man, let me tell you something. I'm so glad that you positioned that like that because that has been the cry. Same, same plate. Uh, different household, different dinner. That's been the cry of people like Ice Cube. Now 50 Cent jumped on board from a different perspective. Uh, now, they don't, people are not a monolith. We're not all rappers. But I'm saying the sentiment amongst, and that's what I really wanted to talk to you about anyway, the sentiment amongst high-profile African-Americans, especially Eidos, let alone, I think, in the streets, because I'm in the streets, <clears throat> it's kind of like, why do we owe this allegiance to the Democratic Party? Like, mm. why isn't the black, you know, brokerable in as much as to say who's going to give us the best deal? Because, like, like how you point out with college athletes, the, the, the fucked up part about college sports, especially... The oh, 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 I could, I could cuss? Huh? I could cuss? Oh, off top, bro. Oh, we about nothing. to have some fun. We about to have some fun. Yeah, this is us. This is us. This is All right, us. Man. The Sorry. whole hard truth. Sorry. I think it's Sorry. Sorry. Hold on, brother. You mean I can, I can get this cut. off my chest? I can really get this off my chest? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. No. Honestly, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. You want no, some real, some real, listen, real stuff. Listen, man, the college football was so fucked up because them boys put it on the line. You play college football, CJ. Yeah. You know yeah. what it takes to win the national championship. To get yeah. with 70 other kids, kids, yeah, the, the coaches coach, but at the end of the day, it's y'all that pull it off. Do this, do it one year in a row, two years, three years. Become a powerhouse. Generate all this income for a shot. That's for the lottery ticket. I go buy a lottery ticket. I put down a couple of dollars, and it didn't cost me anything. What it cost to get a couple of dollars? Y'all have to play the games, put your body on the line, maybe put the rest of your playing career on the line if you get one of those type of injuries. And it was never even a question that they were going to pay y'all. They, you know, immediately the system said they're getting paid, they're getting a scholarship. And I'm just like, right. and everybody's like, it's the same thing. I just it's an easy parallel to draw for the African American community and the Democratic Party to this point. We haven't seen much equity come back the other way from this 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 relationship that has put y'all in in office year after year, cycle after cycle, with a promise of things to come. Well, 
you know, you want you're trying to get deep, bro. You you going deep, and I should have anticipated this because this is what you do. <laughs> uh, I'm a provocateur. That's what yeah, that's and I and I love it. It's one of the reasons why I, I absolutely identify you as one of the best voices out there, and and we would all be well much better said to hear more of that of this voice. But you know, before we get off the, before we sort of make that transition, because you you. You did something interesting there. We were talking about NCAA college football and the exploitation that exists there. And you jumped to the Democratic Party. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the point that you're making is that there's a parallel between these two systems mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that black folk uh, seem to have uh, uh, an allegiance to, a, you know, a, a, a relationship or connection to. That's out of balance. Did I get that right? Absolutely. And, and, and it started with when you mentioned parents, which to this point, of course, those are the brilliance of these young men. But like you said, there's the hope of what is to come. So you'd be willing to let your child maybe endanger themselves in order to keep chasing that carrot. Because there's no other sure. reason to do that. Sure. Yep. Oh, and, 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 you know, again, I... I Try to draw distinctions where distinctions exist, right? And sure. so uh, I'm going to challenge you a little bit and suggest that that it may be a little dangerous to make such a clean leap from the exploitation of college athletes mm-hmm. to what we're seeing politically with the Democratic Party. Okay, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Then that's fair. And I, you know... I don't step out on these limbs without the want to come back close to the, to the tree. That's for real, because I want to believe the best. And all. But to your point, um, the candidate that's been offered to the black community to say, and now we're not talking about in any regular year, so let's take it from a 2020 perspective. Black Lives Matter is all the rest. Everybody is, 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 is on board, okay? We know Black Lives Matter. We, we get to see, <laughs> we get to see it play out. But okay, I, you know what? I'm I'm down for the commercial. Great, as long as it instills change or is the spark that that can lead to change, I'm with it. Um, the candidate that you have given us uh, as a black community, de facto. I mean, I guess we got to unpack a couple of things here. Do you agree that it's kind of a de facto norm that black? I mean, Joe Biden said as much when he sent Charlemagne the guy. Black equals Democrat on a very base level. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Num- numbers so, don't lie. Numbers do not lie. Thank you so much. Um, sorry, I was having a Chipotle delivered to the house while I talked to my bro. Uh, okay. <laughs> so so we have that established. And then I guess I take it a step further. Hey, did, did you get that queso? Did you get that queso on that Chipotle? I didn't get no queso, bro. I can't do, I can't do the uh, – no queso for me tonight. No, that's – not if uh, – if this house is to remain on foundation. <laughs> right. Okay. My, my bad for going. <laughs> no, it's, all, it's all good. So, so I, I guess when I draw the parallel between, I think that it's not, I'm not telling tales out of school to say that there's an allegiance between the Democratic Party and African Americans as a whole. And we make up, therefore, our 13% of the population and whatever that equals out when you talk about people voting age and they can't vote. Every four years, they can count on certain things. That's how they felt, and I think that that's how we felt as a community. Do you agree with that? Yes. 
So, okay, that relationship stretches all the way back to, you know, the 60s in the, in the civil rights movement, kind of, even though we know historically the Democrats was on the other side of the, of the coin right. when it came to white, okay, white power and its relation to its black constituents. That's and right. so, honestly, knowing that there, that allegiance exists, knowing that it's a shameable offense to go against that tradition, look what they call any black Republicans. <laughs> For the most part, what do we call it? Come on, let's keep it a butt. They coons, oh, they oh, Tom, oh, Uncle Toms, and yeah, oh, they got all kinds of names for yeah. There's all kinds of names for black Republicans. So we've married ourselves to the party, even to the point of not even being able to set, accept one of our own culturally, one of our own communally, going over and saying, I actually identify with these ideals. I'm a conservative, fiscally, or whatever you want to say that the Republican thing is. I'm that, and we we jump on their back. But never mind that. I think that it's a clear cut case that there is a the Democratic Party feels like the black vote is at least their entitlement, if not always in the bag, even when it comes to their candidate who sponsored the crime bill, CJ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shame black, the black well, saying if you don't vote Democratic, you ain't black. What? Well, the fuck? Well, well, listen, look, ignorant statements by white folk about issues of race or about the black community uh is not that's not surprising or shocking in fact should be expected i get i I got that but here's what i would say and here's what i say to people i i go back to when i 1980 i can remember it vividly 1980 this was 40 uh or uh, uh, 40 years ago i'm i'm 11 years old and and guess what's happening in my hometown of Detroit, where I was born and raised, in 1980? The National Republican Convention. Okay. Ronald Reagan is the nominee. He's okay. going against Jimmy Carter. Carter, right? And I remember my dad, both my parents, assembly line workers for Chrysler Corporation in the, in the Motor City, in the D. And I remember watching the news with my dad because, and I, that's where I got it from, right? I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's genetic. And I'm sitting there, and and Ronald Reagan, I think, has given his nomination speech, or he's given some speech at the at the convention. And I remember saying, "Dad, he seems like a cool guy." Of course, I'm not taking in content of policy and all that. He's sure. just Ronald Reagan, right? And I said, "Dad, why, why, why are we?" Why are we Democrats? Why are you a Democrat? Wow. He said, simply, simply put, he said, Chuck, because when Republicans are in office, the money don't hit the street. I can't hustle enough money to get you guys, you and your siblings, what you need. The money just don't. The money starts at the top. It's a trickle-down mindset. Just practical stuff, right? And it's, when Democrats are in office, there are money, there's money in the, I got access to things to help my family and my kids because the money flows from the opposite direction. And so my, my thought on all this, Orrin, is black folk are probably the most pragmatic in their allegiance or alignment choice of all the populations. There's a mm. pragmatism to why black folk in this current construct are primarily and predominantly Democrat. 
as opposed to in a two-party system Republican. Now, you may say, well, you don't, you don't get, you know, you still ain't getting what you, what you deserve out the deal. Totally agree with that. But that's a different question. That's a different challenge. If you're going to say to me, two-party system, you know, that, that party or that party, or that person who represents that party, that person who represents that party. I think black folks are the most pragmatic in this country in terms of who they support and why they support. Mm. Now, let me ask you this. Is it pragmatic then? Because there are two things that shape, I think two things that shape the policies that are most relatable to any community that's evaluating the party that they're a part of. One is how does your economic policy hit us? And then the other is condition of quality of life. From an economic standpoint, I always feel like we've always kind of gotten the same thing from both, although I could be wrong about that. But I do know that, I guess my question is this. You know, the, 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 the effects of the crime bill or, or Kamala Harris's tenure as, as, as the district attorney in, in uh, Northern California and San Francisco mm-hmm. were, mm-hmm. were vast, wide-ranging, and, and, and easily fit under the umbrella of the um, ill effects of white supremacy and how it played out in, in, in American politics, how it's played out since niggas was brought here, quite right. honestly, right? It's, right? it's just, it's a part of the system, whatever way they're going to fuck you over, blacks are probably somewhere tied up in that. If it's the prison industrial complex, then it's that over there, and then if it's COINTELPRO and drugs, it's that over there. Poor school systeming and in, 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 in redlining districts is that you, you're, they always end up finding us. <laughs> they always right. end up finding us in in that in and we're we're somewhere in that mix. Well, democratic policies, you know, just in those two instances, and that just happens so happens to be these two candidates. You know, have democratic policies have also contributed to the the plight of the African American no in our community. No, no, no question. This isn't a this isn't a you know, politics isn't a purity game. It's not a purity test. And mm. let me just say this now. You know, we, we, we talk about it in these sort of extreme or zero-sum terms. For sure. It, do, it doesn't exist that way for anybody. I think there's a level of, and through my lens, sophistication that the black community, uh, we should be thriving for that says this isn't about you know, uh, it's not even about Joe Biden and the crime bill of, of, of 94, the mid-90s, because the Black Caucus supported that crime bill, right? It, it's, it's, it's far more, we, we have to be more sophisticated in how we view what it is that we're going, and how we're going to demand what we need out okay. of the political system. And so, you know, you know I, I'm, I'm, I, it's, it's, it's like we are we are hoping for something that doesn't exist for anybody to begin mm. with, but we, we haven't taken the time, if you will, to just pump our brakes and say, okay, what is it that this community, what are the must-haves for this community where we can leverage our support for any candidate, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter, we have to have these things in order for us to vote for you. Because I'll tell you another thing. Hey, listen, the, the, the very mayor of, of our fair city here in Denver, I love him like a brother. And I can just tell you, 
I I don't know that I don't believe that that he has delivered for the black community in, yeah. in, in a, a full throated way. And, yeah. and here's the crazy, but here's the crazy thing, on I don't necessarily blame him. Okay, how is that? Because because, we, I, because the culture that we the culture and, and you might help me with this the culture that we live in and under you know in the same town. Federico Pena is lauded, praised, you know, I mean, he, he, he's uh, revered, right? And he's yep. revered because um, the, the, the Chicano-American community was far better off still to this day because of policies that he enacted. And I think that every, in this fight for, if it is a fight for American equality, um, it's always, if one of your own gets into the, gets into the seat, well, then the hope is, is that he can kick open a couple of doors or at least crack open a few back doors for his community. And it's totally an expectation. Agree. It's an expectation, totally right? Totally and so agree. when you bring up when you bring up Michael, when you bring up Mayor Hancock, and then you say you don't necessarily blame him, I'm I'm interested to hear how. So, like, wh- what does it benefit him not to become a hero to his community? Well, well, here's what I would say. I, I'm 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 mindful of something Barack Obama, President Obama, used to say all the time: "Make me do it." What we, it's interesting how these conversations and our political sort of um, um, interest, engagement, peaks around election time. When, quite yes. frankly, it's the day after the election, and it, but it's the day after the election and the day before the next election where the work and the energy should be done. Makes me do it. The reason Mike Hancock or anybody can be elected, think about this. I have been, we have been saying, damn, Mike, you know, you falling short, bro. Like we need, and guess what? He gets reelected. Sure. And there are, there, there aren't, the deal wasn't cut clearly because during the next administration, before the next election, we're saying, we're hemming and hawing about what's not happening. And guess what happens? He gets reelected again. For sure. And so I'm saying, what is it that, what are the must-haves for us that it doesn't, I don't care who, what you look like. My interest is what I'm voting for. For sure. And if you're not, if you're not sort of speaking to my interest or legislating in my, with my interest in mind, then I'm going somewhere else. I think brokering and, and, and bartering with your voter base is the next is the is actual evolution of politics. One, you had talked earlier about the two party system, which mm-hmm. no choice. You know what I mean? And you know me, I'll, I'll rattle the cage because I do see I see an American I'm sitting here thinking, who in the world would slow roast a dog's asshole and serve it to their husband? You would. There is a darkness inside of me. It wants to get out, wants to walk around. It wants some walking around money. And it wants to buy some shoes. It wants to buy it some wants shoes. To, it wants to walk up with the people and say, hey, Gator, don't play no shit. Why would you stop it there, Orin? You say, why? Well, that's the, that is the, uh, the element of surprise that I reserve the right to do what the fuck I want with my podcast. Quite honestly, um, you know, during that time, we have some technical difficulties. So 
um, my phone disconnected and I had to let's see. But that's a perfect place to stop, take a break, catch your breath. There's a lot going on here. And I, and I know I'm feeding you. I'm feeding you. And I know you're loving it. You're loving it. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the same thing. That's going to put part two to bed. We're going to put part two to bed. And then we're going to move on to part three. And in part three, we finish the conversation with CJ. And then we get to the meat and potatoes. I get to sit with my sister. There's really no other way to say it. June Carroll, star, one of the stars of um, Hulu's Hellstrom. Uh, Dr. Louise Hastings joins me to, to, to round this one out as we, um, you know, go ahead and switch the style up. You know what I mean? And uh, if they hate, then let them hate and watch the money pile up. But we're going to put part two to bed right now. We'll go to part three in a second.